on today's episode of Locked On NHL. More big questions for Western Conference contenders, including can the Dallas Stars avoid the injury bug again this season? Are the Los Angeles Kings set at the goalie position? And can the Minnesota Wild overcome the dead cap hits of Zach Parise and Ryan Suter for another season? All that and more on today's episode. Let's get started. You're Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? Welcome into a Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked On NHL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure, if you have not already, that you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes or content throughout the course of the week. On today's episode of Locked On NHL, myself, Seth Topol, and Nick Morgan go through big questions for Western Conference contenders. We'll talk about the Dallas Stars, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Minnesota Wild. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, and joined by my Tuesday co-host, Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators. Nick, another week closer. We are uh, we're like two weeks away yeah. from uh, actual tangible hockey that uh, that we'll be able to uh, to break down. It's it's so close. I can taste it. The, the calendar says September 12th. Uh, the first NHL regular season game is October 10th, which means less than a month, Seth. We were down to less than a month. And as you mentioned, training camps next week, uh, which means preseason is the week after that. So we actually are going to see some of our favorite players on the ice here in a little bit. And that is a great feeling. Cannot wait. And we have a ton more questions to dive into if you remember from uh, last week we started to go through some big questions for the western conference teams as we gear up for the start of the season we're going to continue to roll with those until we hit the start of the season and uh, going with a few of the other teams that made it to the postseason this past year uh, dallas los angeles and minnesota here today and starting off with the dallas stars a team nick that we are both pretty familiar with um, Sadly, being central division, uh, being covering central division teams, that is. And so it was a Dallas team, at least from my perspective. I looked at uh, at various points throughout the season and I just was like, how have they managed to not have really any significant injuries this season? I mean, I know Joe Pavelski got hurt in the postseason. That was about it. They avoided somehow major injury pretty much all season. And so my big question for Dallas this year is not only are they going to be able to do that again, but what do they do if the injury bug hits them uh, as it typically does? A lot of times you see teams have to deal with significant injuries throughout the course of the year. And so your depth is tested. Now the stars do have a lot of depth. And so uh, they are pretty well equipped to handle it. But what does the lineup look like if things uh, start to go wrong from an injury perspective this year. Yeah, you mentioned it. Last year, Jason Robertson, 82 games. Jamie Benn, 82 games. Joe Pavelski, 
82 games. And then you go back and like Wyatt Johnson, uh, Ty Delandrea, Ryan Suter, Asa Lindell, all these people, you know, Yanni Hockenpah, all these players who played every single game during the regular season, like not even a night off. Uh, that's pretty well unheard of. And then when you add in what they did this offseason, you know, you and I have talked, It's they've been maybe one of the most improved teams uh, in the West this year, just with the you know sheer amount of talent that they've added. Matt Duchesne, that is one of the more underrated signings. You know, you bring in uh, also Craig Smith, you know, a good depth guy. Sam Steele, uh, your former wild buddy. Uh, you know, another good sense of, so they're, you know, they're packing a lot of depth guys that can step up if there are injury concerns this year to, to me, Seth, the big question for the stars, it's not necessarily, you know, injuries and concern and stuff like that, because as, as I mentioned, I do think they have the depth to kind of survive that it's just going to be, it's going to hinge on three players. Joe Pavelski, Jamie Ben, and Tyler Sagan. You got probably, you know, a season out of those guys that are maybe a little bit above their curve. Uh, Joe Pavelski just turned 39. Are you really going to count on him for 77 points uh, again? Jamie Ben looked like he was kind of on the decline 78 point season last year. Can he do that again as a 34 year old? And Tyler Sagan had a pretty good season, 50 points, but he's been sliding a little bit. Those three players, to me, that's where the depth really hinges, Seth. If they can play the way they did last year, you know, I'm I'm stick with it. I think the Dallas Stars are in good shape. If they struggle, you know, if Joe Pavelski starts showing his age a little bit, that's where maybe you question the depth of the Dallas Stars a little bit. Yeah, and, and you have as well, and this is one that uh, I know a lot of fans of Peter DeBoer's previous stops are going to be emphatically nodding about, is there always seems to be, in the Peter DeBoer experience, there is a long run in the postseason the first year that he gets to his destination. And there are kind of steps backwards after that to where you maybe make the playoffs, you maybe don't. And so Dallas is hoping to avoid that same situation, although as we learned in talking about the uh, NHL cover athlete, some things just stand the test of time and are just tangible curses that you can't do anything about except just accept the fact that they exist and that there is something to them that you can't do anything about. And so they're just going to happen again. Yeah, that's the cosmic force kind of working against <laughs> Peter DeVore. So uh, congratulations, Dallas Stars fans. You guys are going to make another uh, Western Conference Finals run this year and then be looking for a new coach in about a year and a half. Uh, we don't make the rules. We just follow the, the cosmic thing. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the other thing you have to keep in mind with the Stars, too, is just they have – a wealth of young talent kind of behind those guys too. Jason Robertson's only going to get better. You have Rupe Hintz, you know, probably 
you know, on the verge of being an ex, you know, 40 goal guy, you have Wyatt Johnston, who's only going to get better. Uh, you know, I, I think you're probably going to see a better year out of like Mason Marchment and Ty Andrea. So you also, there, there's plenty of guys that if you had to hold a gun to my head and, you know, force me to make a prediction, I, I do think that they have some guys to kind of step up and take that next step. Uh, if for some reason, maybe some guys age out. It also helps having that goalie, having a goalie that has that dog in him in uh, Jake Ottinger. He, he is legitimately proven tried and true in a plus goalie. And so even if you have some regression in the lineup, having that type of guy to be able to go and win you games outright, no matter if you score one goal or two or zero until overtime, Having that guy that can win you games is going to be something that will always benefit them. And so we, of course, we talk about the Peter DeVore curse. Dallas is, they'll be postseason bound once the season is over. Like, absolutely. Yeah. No, no arguments for me there. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Now you go from a team that has a legit number one goalie to a team that maybe, I don't know. They've got a lot of work to do at that particular spot. And so we'll talk about the Los Angeles Kings as we continue today's episode of Locked on NHL after this. The NHL season is widely approaching. The NFL season has begun and FanDuel can help you win all season long. Because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. And for those that took teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals, or otherwise in week one, don't worry. There's still plenty of time to get things back on track. And so you'll still be able to pick up tons of bonus bets as the season rolls on. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Welcome back to today's Western Conference Tuesday edition of LockedOn NHL. Once again, thank you for making LockedOn NHL your first listen each and every day. And uh, on tomorrow's episode of LockedOn NHL, we will continue the theme of big questions for the 2023-2024 season. Ross Levitan and Mike DiStefano will be talking about the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So big cues from every every team in both conference as we get set for the start of the season. Time to talk about the Los Angeles Kings. Nick, It's it feels like we're talking about the Edmonton Oilers again. Um Although not having Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, because this is a Kings team that flirted with Connor Hellebuck all offseason. They end up getting Pierre-Luc Dubois, which is a great consolation piece to that sweepstakes. But you're going into the season, and they did sign Cam Talbot, who uh, Wild fans are plenty familiar with. But like... They're just going to go in and, and roll with the same goalie situation that just is a huge question mark. And so I think this is the biggest question for them coming into the season is what does that goalie situation look like? I mean, 
Kings fans, how do you feel about this? Uh, is is Phoenix Copley your goalie of the future now? Is Cam Talbot going to be in goal? They also have David Riddick. Like, yeah. Like, like or did any of those names set that I mentioned jump out and be like, oh, yeah, this is this is a guy that's going to play 60 games and take us down the playoff stretch. No, it it honestly it feels like to me this is a Kings team that was trying to get a particular price for Connor Hellebuck. They could never pull it down enough. Mm-hmm. And so now do you get a desperation trade as the season goes on to where you're fighting for one of those wild card spots and you're like, hey, we we gotta do something to shore this up. And now you overpay for Connor Hellebuck when you could have just had him in the first place. It, it feels like they're going to have to address this situation as the season unfolds, or they're going to be one of those teams that's fighting for a spot to the end of the season that ends up on the outside looking in. Yeah. I mean, they, it, it's not for the lack of trying. Uh, I will say that because, you know, they, they also were linked to UC Saros back when there was a question of whether the Preds were going to move him or not. Um, and they also uh, reportedly took a swing at Jonas Corposalo, who was on the team at the end of last year, uh, but whose you know contract was just a little too high based on what their cap situation was at the time. So it's not for lack of trying, but it's also a situation that you got to address. Maybe you go the Vegas Golden Knights route, Seth, and just kind of hope like you get a sort of a hodgepodge of guys who played just well enough. Uh, to kind of take care of business up front. My concern is, is LA that kind of team? Like, are they the Vegas Golden Knights team that has the personnel that can, you know, kind of have a goalie by committee sort of thing? You know, and the, the, the other thing about that is Vegas was able to plug in anything, A, because they had a phenomenal team defense in front of whoever was playing. And then you had guys like, you know, Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, uh, Lauren Brassois, play just well enough that they could keep, you know, whatever goals came through, like keep them off the board. I just, I I don't really see the LA Kings as that kind of team, you know, like it's, I I don't look at, you know, the roster, especially on defense and be like, oh yeah, there's depth there. There's, you know, three solid defensive lines, you know, that there's, there's good two way players up front. You know, they'd have guys like, you know, Anze Kopitar, who's a good two-way presence. And, you know, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is a little underrated in that regard as well. But it's, I just, I, I don't see them as being a team that can kind of piece things like this together. I'm with you. I, I think they've got to address this uh, at some point this season, whether it's a mid-season trade, whether it's something at the deadline. Because, um, because yeah, I, I don't I don't think they're the type of team uh, that can survive, you know, sort of mediocre to average goaltending all season long. Yeah, and it, it feels like one, too, where um, I'm sure fans know kind of this was what needed to be addressed going into the season, and yet here we are. It's amazing how many teams throughout all sports um, have pretty clear-cut weaknesses going into their seasons, and they just are like, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna hope that we can just ignore this and it's not gonna be an issue. Well it uh it oftentimes rears its ugly head if you just hope that it 
just will sit in the corner of the room and not draw any attention in. Yeah, it's, you know, whenever you see that check engine light on your car, ignoring it is absolutely fail-safe, <laughs> best way to handle that. Uh, just pretend it doesn't exist, hope it goes off. Uh, I mean, it, it's interesting because I do think the Kings have some interesting pieces uh, up front, you know, like Anze Kopitar, you know, how long can he kind of keep the late career magic going? Uh, you also have some guys like Quentin Byfield. He looks like a guy played really well at the end of last season, maybe ready to take that next step. Uh, your guy, cover your ears, Seth, Kevin Fiala. Um, another really, really good season last year, despite being injured for a big chunk of it. So they have a lot of players, uh, you know, they, they have the makings, they have pieces to be a really good team. It's just, boy, that, that goalie situation is just kind of like the big anchor that is really keeping you from being like, yeah, I'm all in on LA being a strong contender this year. And we saw it in the postseason against Edmonton, where it's like you can still be a good team and lose games five to four, six to three, scores like that. And that's that's what you get a lot of times if you don't have a real solid solution between the pipes, no matter who's in front of that uh, that spot, unless you have a real good scheme defensively. Things get dicey. Yeah. I think the Edmonton Oilers have proved that a few times after their series uh, with the LA Kings last year. So yeah, I mean, Kings are going to be an interesting team to watch. Um, It's just, I have a feeling like if the minute there is whispers of a goalie being on the market, they're going to swing big. Yep. They've, uh, they've got a little bit of money to move around. Speaking of a team though, that doesn't the Minnesota wild. And so we'll finish with my squad. Uh, discussing uh, a couple of big questions for Minnesota. Can they do it again this season with the Parisian Suter cap hits still looming? We'll discuss that and more as we finish today's episode of Locked On NHL after this. Welcome back to today's episode of Locked On NHL, a Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked On NHL. And for the everydayers, you can continue the big questions theme on tomorrow's Locked On NHL as it will be the Eastern Conference's turn with some big questions being discussed uh, about several of the uh, big contenders, the Bruins, the Leafs, and the Lightning. So tune in to see what Ross and Mike have to say uh, about that trio of teams on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown NHL. Finishing today's episode, talking about the Minnesota Wild, and um, this is one that I, I have several different ways that I could go in terms of questions. So Nick, I'll let you go first with yours and then I will uh, kind of fill in the pieces. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because the biggest thing to the wild for me, for an outside perspective is just, they seem like they are a team packed with talent, but whether it's because of like the cap situation or not, just haven't been able to kind of embrace that full out, let's go for it kind of build. And it just seems like, you know, over the past few years, whenever somebody stepped up, they're, they're gone in, in a couple of years. Like we saw it with Kevin Fiala finally became the breakout star. Uh, and, you know, the, the wild had to trade him uh, because they, they couldn't afford him. 
Uh, and, you know, they, you lost some guys like Matthew Dumba, who's been such a big part of the organization uh, for years because of the same thing. It's just, you know, there, there's no money to go around, you know, and it, it's just it, it feels like that's kind of the perspective here, Seth, is you look and it's like you have a bona fide superstar to build around in Carl Kaprizov. You have one of the deepest prospect pools in hockey. You have a 22 year old in Matthew Boldy, who is th- this might be his breakout season. I mean, the guy is playing like a star. Oh, you know, all these good young players up and down the lineup. This is kind of the situation that you would look at, you know, any other NHL team and be like, okay, like, this team is ready for a build. They have some capital to make some trades. They can bring in some big guns right now. Like they are ready to go for it. And it just doesn't seem like the wild can do that. And is it because of the cap that's really holding them back? I'll, uh, I'll give you an analogy for this one. I'm going to go back to the check engine light because I think it perfectly sums up kind of where this thing's at. It to me is you're driving a vehicle around where the check engine light comes on and you know, okay, it's something, it's something pretty noticeable. Like it kind of impacts how you drive, but you also have down the line a little bit, a large sum of cash coming your way, whether it be an inheritance or something like that. And so you're like, if I can just get to that point, I'm going to buy a new car. Like, Problem solved. If I can just get to that point, riding this this rust bucket um, without having to sink any more money into repairs, we're home free. We are golden. And I think, honestly, it's Bill Guerin realizing that, yes, he could um, he could kind of further this this situation by bringing in some new talent to um to try to help Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy but rather than okay you pull somebody in that means now you got to get rid of two players rather than deal with all of that he is just more apt to let this thing keep going until these cap hits are gone and then at that point you can take big swings at anybody you could go get somebody making seven, eight million dollars with those prospects um, and not have to worry about what you have to do then to move money around to put them on the team. So I think he's just trying to keep options open for two years from now um, and keeping things mostly the same. So he knows what is on the books, what isn't. And that's what I hope to believe. I mean, I would love to see this team do some things uh, in the meantime, but. It's just been it's been pretty quiet, <laughs> pretty quiet for the uh, last couple of off seasons. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's the slow burner. And and to the Wilds' credit, they do have a lot of money coming off the books after this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuccarello mainly, but yeah, that that fourteen million dollar dead cap hit. Uh, oh boy, like that that is a big matzo ball in the Minnesota Wilds matzo ball soup there, and it, it's it's got to be. You know, you know, you mentioned it like maybe just try to keep things in a good place until 2025 when that money comes off the books, because if the wild can get there without having to blow things up too much, this is a team that I think can be a sleeping giant 
by then. You know, I, I really do. Like, you know, we mentioned Caprizov. We mentioned all these people coming up through the system. Uh, you know, somebody like Marco Rossi, who hasn't even really gotten a chance to play, uh, you know, sustained minutes in the NHL yet. But, you know, a lot of people are high on him. I mean, it just seems like there's so much talent in this wild organization that, you know, I'm with you. Like, if they can just avoid a situation like, you know, they have with Fiala where they just – they did it's they have no choice but to move some of these guys i think they're going to be in good shape but it's just it it feels like it's just going to kind of be like two more years of treading the wheels a little bit yeah you're exactly right and that kind of piggybacks off of my big question for the wild this year is is this going to finally be the year that it's too much like the last couple of seasons they have played with less money than other teams have at their disposal to spend. And they've been able to make the postseason. They've been able to overcome that. But at some point, it just becomes too much. Like this year, if they are in position to make a playoff push, there's really no money for them to add at the trade deadline unless they subtract off the current roster. And so that is kind of a byproduct of this is that what you see this year is probably mostly what you're going to get. And so is this finally where it's too much to where they take a step back? Um, That's the big thing that I see. And then you counter that by giving some of those prospects an opportunity at the NHL level to see what they have. So, you know, if they're going to either be pieces of what you're building long term or if they can show enough to where another team is like, I'm intrigued. I'll uh, I'll give you a little something for for that guy to uh, to take in a trade. that, that really is a big thing for me. If, if it's not going to be a season or two seasons where you make the postseason, then let's see some development from prospects so that you know exactly what you need heading out of the dead cap hits and you can just go get it. Yeah. And that's, that it feels like that's kind of just, you know, a lot of NHL teams at this point too, not just the wild, you know, look at a team in the East, like the Toronto Maple Leafs that there's just, you know, kind of the strategy is let's just kind of get through this year. Uh, Cause you know, that, that inheritance you mentioned, you know, there's going to be money coming off the books. There's going to be a big cap increase reportedly. So it, it, it seems like the wild are kind of in that camp where it's just, you know, let, let's keep the status quo going um, but then, you know, we might be in a totally different situation within the next year, one that might benefit us a little better. Yeah, it's, it, it is going to be interesting to see how it plays out because Bill Guerin's the type that if he wants somebody, he doesn't really care about the price. He's just going to go get them. Yeah. So He's got his chance to do so with uh, fourteen million dollars extra cash laying around in a couple of years. If he doesn't spend it, I'll spend it for him. Yeah, you, you and me both. We'll make sure that it goes to good use. Well, those are some of the biggest questions facing the Dallas Stars, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Minnesota Wild. If you missed our first episode in which we talked about the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, and I forget who the other the Edmonton Oilers. Thank you. Uh, if you missed our first episode with those big questions, make sure you go back and check it out. We will continue to roll through the entire Western conference up until the season starts. And then it's full bore hockey. So make sure that you stay tuned to locked on NHL all week long, not just on Western conference Tuesdays, 
the great panel of hosts that are leading the national show are second to none. And so make sure you follow everybody that is part of it, including myself and Nick. You can follow us on Twitter um, at uh, our handles listed on the screen. You can also follow us covering the National Predators and the Minnesota Wild. So make sure to follow along and get more information on your favorite NHL teams all week long as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.